You're listening to the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Eoni Martinez will be bringing you an inspiring message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. I'm telling you, how can we go back home and apply everything we're learning? Everything we're teaching is pretty much taken from this little book. And in this book, Pastor Caesar not only wrote specifically what each one of the sheddings of the blood means, but at the end of each chapter, there's practical advice on how to pray using what you just learned so you can experience deliverance, healing, freedom, salvation. We, we just sang a song, right? Who likes, who likes that song, Reckless Love? I don't. <laughs> Anyways, doesn't matter if I like it or not. Um, it, it's not my favorite song. Anyways, Elijah loves it, so that, that's why I like it too. You know, if he likes it, I like it. Um, but listen, pay attention to what it says, the lyrics that they like we have just sung, okay? There is no mountain who you won't climb up. Can we have the lyrics up there? Because I, I suck at lyrics. No, I, I can't. I don't. I won't remember the lyrics to be able to sing. I know la lechuza, and that's it. <laughs> I can sing la lechuza, feliz cumpleaños. I forget the lyrics. Sorry. So there's. Okay, there's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. Next one. There's no wall you won't kick down. No light you won't tear down. Coming after me. We sing this song. Okay. We sing how he loves us. We worship those songs. And we don't live like we believe them. Ask the person next to you, do you live like you believe what you just sang? Ask, ask them. Does your life reflect what you've been singing? If you really know the person, I give you permission to be honest and say the truth. And tell the, your neighbor, no, you don't. I'm sorry, but you don't. <laughs> Are you kind of from one to ten, a seven? Be honest. If we are in the house of God, we cannot lie, okay? Use that as an excuse. Why, are, why am I saying this? Because we know these lyrics. We have learned these songs. We know many Bible verses. We know what the Bible says. And we do not live like we believe in. If we believed what the Bible says, then we would be free. I was asking you before, we don't have, I don't have that much time, I don't want to run over. But can we turn off those noise, noises? Yeah? Thank you. When, when I was asking you, you know, like, do you know where the whole applying the blood comes from? Ooh, what a difference. Have you, have you heard that, that term, apply the blood of Jesus? Yeah? This comes from Passover. I know my, my dad, Pastor Jorge, he was preaching on Monday, and he was talking about Passover, Easter. Easter is a word that doesn't have any meaning. What we are celebrating is a Passover. And the Passover, it's a time for the Jewish people that is a reminder of something very specific that happened when they were living in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt for 440 years. More years than the United States has been considered a nation, 
They were slaves of Egypt. They spoke their language. They lived like people from Egypt. They were slaves from the people of Egypt. They worked for Egypt. They walked like Egyptians. They thought like Egyptians. They were worshiping the gods of the Egyptians. And all of a sudden, Moses comes. We have the nine plagues. Pharaoh doesn't release the people of Israel to go worship God. So there's a tenth plague that it's on its way. And God spoke to Moses and gave him instructions on how to avoid the plague, which was, do you remember what was the last plague? The angel of death. And every firstborn of every family would die that night. Who are firstborns here? All of us will be dead. <laughs> and it's like, oof. You know, like chills in your back. <laughs> but there was an instruction, a way to save the families from destruction. And it was at the fathers who are men here. <laughs> Who are men here? Okay, okay. So, so many of you didn't raise your hands. I was having chills again. You know, it's like, woo. You men, okay? You, the men, had the responsibility. The fathers of the households had the responsibility to choose the best lamb, the purest, the whitest, the most perfect lamb that they own or they could buy it. Bring it to the, the, the place of sacrifice. Kill the lamb. Get the blood in a basin. Cook the lamb. And then, with the blood of the basin, they had to brush, like they had to grab a hyssop. I got hyssop, it's like a little um, duster, something like that, made of like branches, and paint the, the doorposts of the house. All the doorposts needed to be covered with the blood of that lamb, that perfect lamb, that pure and innocent lamb. And only in those houses that had the mark of the blood, the angel of the death, one would not come in. So those who were inside the house, because that was really important, they had to be inside the house. They had to be having dinner with their family members inside the house. Anybody that was disobedient was unprotected. And that blood was a sign that that house worshipped God. And the angel of death would walk by it but not go in. Protection comes through the blood. But the blood only protects the ones who are inside and obedient to the word of God. So many people died that night. Even Pharaoh's first child died. And that's why and only why Pharaoh decided to let the people go. What does that mean to us? The blood of Jesus has power to save us. If we are inside the house of the Lord, if we are inside the kingdom of God, if we've been saved and we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we are saved. 
And that blood is there to protect us. That blood is there to set us free. That blood is there available to us to, to bring salvation to us in our households that believe. But we need to be inside. And we need to apply that blood. They could not leave it in the basin. They could not leave it outside the house. They could not take it inside the house. They had to do what God said, apply it. And only through application in this place where God said apply it, protection came. Salvation came. Redemption came. The blood of Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, was shed so you could apply it in your life. And when you apply it, what will come? Protection. What else? Salvation. What else? Healing, freedom, but you have to apply it. And what does the book of Revelation chapter 12 says? Let's read it. Revelations. Yeah, Revelations. Yeah. Apocalypse. Can you read it? Okay, not so loud. And they overcame. So let's read it from before, okay? And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Who was, who was, who's our accuser? Satan. Satan. Do you think he accuses you? Before who? If you thought Satan cannot go close to God, that's wrong. The Bible shows that Satan goes into heaven and accuses you. Day and night, not just sometimes, day and night is before God telling God, this person, this, 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 and that. You cannot bless them because of this, 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 and that. And look at how they're doing. And, and he's accusing, accusing you and accusing you and accusing you and accusing you. But it says, and they overcame him. Him who? They who? We the church. So say with me. We the church. I overcame him. The devil, the devil, my accuser. How? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. By our testimony, by our, us confessing what the blood of Jesus does, we are applying the blood of the Lamb over our lives. And today we're going to learn one more shedding of the blood. Jesus shed how many times his blood? Seven times. What does the number seven mean? Completion. Completion, perfection. There's not a coincidence in anything that happens in the Bible. And one of the times the Bible is very specific that the blood of Jesus was shed was when, when his beard was ripped from his face. And his face was completely defigured. I want, I want us to read Isaiah 50, verse 6 and 7. 
Isaiah 50, verses 6 and 7. You have it? If not, just write it down and listen. I offer my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who pull out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone determined to do his will. And I know that I will not be put to shame. When Jesus shed his blood from his face, it has a, one very specific meaning. Look at the person next to you and look at their faces. Everybody look at someone's face. Make that person uncomfortable. Look at them. Don't make, don't make them uncomfortable. It's like I can see someone like, oh. When you see their faces, what do you think? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? <laughs> look behind you. Look behind you. Think, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you look at that person's face? Beautiful. Okay, come back to me. For how many of you, the first thing that comes out to your mind is the name of that person? Raise your hand if that's the first thing that comes immediately, without you even making an effort to think about it. Oh, Louis. You know, Alexis. When, when you look at, a, at a, the first thing that comes is that I know this person. This person is such and such. And when you looked at someone and you don't know that person, you see the face, but you don't know the names. And you, the first thing that you think is, what's her name? When, when, when Jesus was this, this figure and his face was completely damaged, the Bible says that no one was able to recognize him anymore. We need to understand one thing. Jesus had a very specific purpose for that to happen. Again, nothing happened by coincidence. Everything happened for a reason. And what Jesus allowed to happen, it was not because you, he was a victim of the circumstances and it just happened that a soldier thought, let's beat him up and let's ruin his face and let's tear tear out his beard. It, it's not like someone was doing it intentionally. It, it happened like that because there was a specific reason for that to happen. And why was that reason? I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Can we have the scriptures up here? Thank you. So if you don't have it in your Bible, you can read it up here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpieces. Who are we? He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Tell the person next to you, you are a masterpiece. I don't care what you think about yourself, but the Bible says you are a masterpiece. Some of you might be thinking, if you are a masterpiece from God, then what are you from the devil? No, just kidding. Each one of us, we are masterpieces. 
We are special creation by God. God thought of you when he created you. That's why I am so against abortion. I had an argument with someone that I consider my family. And I had a, a, a Facebook argument. How many of you know that you should not do that? <laughs> but I had to do it. I had to. Because this is a person that knows Christ, I thought. A person that has been going to church for many, many years. A person that has got, got, gotten baptized. A person that has confessed God, God as his Lord and Savior. And now that in Argentina, the whole thing is happening without legalizing abortion, he's for abortion. And I'm like, what? He continued to say fetus, fetus, fetus. I was like, that's not a fetus, that's God's masterpiece. That's not just an unborn baby that doesn't have life. The Bible says that my embryo, embryo saw your eyes. That's what Psalm 39 says, you know, 139. Since we were in my, our mother's womb, we knew God. And it says that us being babies were able to see God's eyes. So don't come and tell me that we are just an accident. Don't come and tell me we are a product of evolution. Don't come and tell me that before we were born, we were just a fetus with no life, because that's not what the Bible says. But since our society is insisting so much in devaluating life, and the enemy is doing such a great job in making you just a more advanced monkey, then we got to believe that lie, and we cannot get to believe. We forget. We ignore the truth of God that says that we, you, are God's masterpiece. And that from the day you were conceived, he already knew your name. He already had a good purpose for your life so you could do good deeds because he created you. You are not an accident of a rape. You are not an accident of one night stand. You are not an accident of like a mistake. You are not a mistake. You are God's creation. And if you have a problem believing that, you have a problem with God, our creator. And I'm not saying this to accuse and blame anybody, but you need to understand for your own sake, that God loves you. You need to understand that you are very valuable, so valuable that God gave his only son for you. And Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood from his face to restore your image that the enemy so well has been destroying since you were born, since you were conceived. I had the, the privilege this last Friday to be in the little girl's uh, pajama party. It was beautiful. And they were asked to look at themselves in the mirror and write down what they saw. And I was surprised because when I did that exercise with older women, everybody was crying because they didn't like what they saw. But these little girls saw warriors. These little girls saw princesses. They saw beautiful things. They, they saw things they liked in those mirrors. When in life have you lost appreciation for your own life? In which point 
in your childhood, in your teenage years, you started looking at yourself in the mirror and not liking what you saw. I look at you, I know pretty much all of you by name, or most, like I would say 98%, I know you by name, and I've heard of, of all of you, I've seen your talents. Some are evidently more talented than others, but that doesn't mean you don't have talents. Maybe you haven't even discovered your talents. But what I see many times is many, many people that know God, that love God, and still they think of themselves like trash. They have not understood their God's creation. They have not understood their God's masterpieces. And when they look at themselves in the mirror, they see someone worthless. They see someone they don't like. How, what, how do you think about yourself? Pastor Caesar mentions of a study the company Dove made. You know Dove, the soap? You should use it if you don't know what it is. Recommend it to you. And Dove did a study, and he, he, they brought, this company brought a bunch of women and brought a, a sketch artist that works for the FBI, one of the most talented sketch artists. Hi. Thank you for the noise. God forgive them because it might kill someone. And this sketch artist was put in a separate room, a dark room, separated from these women from the, where they were. So the woman was brought, the sketch artist was brought. They didn't see each other, but the sketch artist would ask the woman specific questions that would help her describe herself and how she sees herself when she looks at the mirror. And then after he would sketch the image of her, her face, someone else was brought to the room where that woman was, and he would ask that person to describe the woman that was in front of him or her. And at the end of every single case, the sketch artist had two different faces. Usually, the one that he draw based on what she said of herself was distorted. And the one that whoever was describing her gave him was the most accurate one. That tells us that many, many of us have a very distorted, twisted image of ourselves. Not just physically, but in our hearts. And there's something that you need to understand. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, all of you probably know this Bible verse, but it says Genesis 1, verse 26. God then said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Say with me, God, God said, let us make human beings in our image and our likeness. How does it say there? To be like us. In our, in, there's different Bible verses. But there's two things you were made. God made you in his what? And in his what? What does that mean? Okay, everybody grab your phones. I know some of you will love this exercise, some of you will hate it. And put your camera feature and take a selfie. 
No filters, no filters. That's a really good point in my preaching. Take a, take a selfie. Everybody, please take a selfie. Oh, don't be shy. You know you're doing. You might not post it, but you've done it. Take a selfie. Okay. Now look at that picture. Look at that picture. That what you see, that image you see, that's the image of God. You were made in God's image. You, tell the person next to you, you were made in God's image. Each one of us were made in God's image. So if you don't like yourself and you don't like what you see, you're not liking what God created. You are telling your creator you're not good enough. You are telling our God, the creator of the whole universe, I don't like what you do. Do you dare to do that to God? You need to repent today because many of you, Many, many, many of you have looked for ways to change your hair color, have looked for ways to change features of your face, the weight of your body. You have wished to have a different texture in your hair. You have wished to have a different eye color. You have wished to have a different body type. You have wished to be someone else. You have coveted someone else's image and that offended God's heart. That hurt God's heart. And God, that told God, I don't believe what you say. You have sinned and you have rejected God. And you need to repent today. And we will have time for that later. But the second thing Genesis 1.26 says is that God said, let us make men in our image and our likeness. What does likeness mean? To be like God. To have God's character. To have God's heart. And when Adam and Eve were created, they were in the image and likeness of God. God intended Adam and Eve and the creation to be like him, to have his character and to have all the blessings that came with that. But what happened? Adam and Eve, what did, what did they do? They sinned. And through sin, the enemy destroyed our image and our likeness. What was the first thing Adam noticed? Adam and Eve noticed that they were naked. All of a sudden, they were conscious of themselves. Before that, they were naked and they didn't even realize it. Have you seen little kids? You know, Elijah, Elijah's older now, and he still can do it. And Hosea's, you take their diapers and the clothes off, and they're happy. They run naked around the house, and they're the happiest. You know, and Elijah's beers, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like. But they, they are so happy, so, you know, free. They are not aware of their nakedness. They just enjoy their nakedness. That, that was Adam and Eve. They were just older. 
But they were not ashamed. Why? Because they appreciated God's creation. However, now when you look at yourself in the mirror, even if you're covered up to here, you still find things you don't like. Why? Because of sin. Sin makes us not like ourselves. Sin distorts our image. And what it, what's even worse, distorts our likeness to God. When we think about this, then we start understanding why so many of us cannot believe we are God's masterpieces. Because the enemy has done a really good job for many, many years, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, however old you are, from day one, he's been trying to distort your image. Why? Because he knows that if he cannot hurt God. He cannot hurt your father, but if he hurts you, he has done his job. And that's why there's so much insecurity in your heart. That's, mu- that's why there's so much low self-esteem in your heart. That's why you continuously compare yourself and put yourself down. That's why you try to prove yourself all the time. That's why if you're not successful according to your own standards, you start feeling bad about yourself and you start depressed, getting depressed. That's why you don't love yourself. And that's why you don't fight for yourself. I've seen so many people who have heard about God and have met God and have had an encounter with God, but they still struggle so much. Why? Because they still cannot believe they are God's masterpieces. Today has to be the day in which your mind is completely renewed and the way you think about yourself will not be anymore the way the world, the way your parents, the way your siblings, the way your friends, the way your teachers, the way Satan has defined you, but the way God defines you. I want to challenge you today to really stand on your ground and say, I'm going to stop believing the lies of the enemy, and I'm going to start believing the truth of God. You understand this. You have... Build your self-image based on lies. And you have believed them. You have accepted them. You have accepted them. You have believed them. You have made them who you are in your mind. And even though people love you, you still cannot believe that love is real. Even God, even though God has told you he loves you, you still are threatening God with leaving him Because you cannot believe God loves you. Why? Because your image is still being defined by the lies of the enemy. That's why you still believe you cannot do so many things. And when you look at yourself, you really believe you're not worth it. I'm being very confronted with this word tonight and all these past few days. Because I've been wanting to start my own business. And I've been struggling so much with my image and not believing I can do it. Not believing I have the talent, not believing I have the contacts, not believing people are gonna appreciate my work. All this fight inside of me, it's so strong. But I have a choice. I have the choice to believe the lies of the enemy or I have the choice to believe the truth of God. And when I decide what I believe, 
God is there to back me up, but he's not going to back me up if I'm outside the house that is covered by the blood. God is never going to back me up if I don't believe what he says and I start walking on his truth and his promise. You have the choice as much as I do. What are you going to decide? I, you know, when you read the, the book of Job, Job chapter 1, no, sorry, 1 verse 8 says, Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant, servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Do you think Job was that perfect? He was a human being. As long as we walk on earth, we will have a lot of messes up. We will have a lot of failures. We will have a lot of mistakes. We will, we will have a lot of things we will struggle with. Job was not that perfect. But when God looked at Job, that's what God saw. He saw a man, and he was even bragging before saying, have you seen my son Job? Have you seen my daughter Elizabeth? Have you seen my daughter Iris? Have you seen my, my son Gabriel? Have you seen, God is bragging about you in heaven and you are on earth bashing yourself. Why does this happen? Because when God looks at you, he sees Jesus in you. So he's looking at you through the lenses of Jesus. It's like God has sunglasses with the blood of Jesus covering those sunglasses. And when he looks at you, he sees you perfect. He's not naive. He's not dumb. He knows that he still needs to work on you. But he sees you perfect because Jesus is covering. It's like the angel of death. He knew there was all their sons in there. Juicy and, you know, like chunky and ready to be killed. But the blood of Jesus didn't let him go in. When, when God looks at you, he knows there's an older son that needs to be killed. <laughs> but the blood of Jesus covers you, protects you. And the enemy cannot destroy your life. Because you need to understand that the older son meant inheritance meant life for that family and what is the purpose of the enemy to he came to kill to steal and to destroy how much of you he has successfully been able to kill to rob and destroy how much of your image has he been able to distort that way how much of your image and the way you think about yourself, the way you feel about yourself, your identity, has he been able to kill, rob, and destroy? We can stay here and blame the enemy all we want. But we need to understand that we just sung a powerful song. There's no... Yeah, I don't know the lyrics either. Anyways, what I gather from that song is that Jesus did everything he had to do. He climbed mountains. He tore down walls. 
He, he did the impossible. He died on the cross. And now he's offering to me to heal my image. He's offering to each one of you to heal your image. And now it's your work to choose that. In Deuteronomy 30, God says, I put before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life. Choose blessing. God won't choose for you. You need to choose. What are you choosing every day when you wake up? What are you choosing every time that you are presented a business opportunity? What are, what are you choosing every time that someone tells you, I love you? What are you choosing every time someone rejects you? What are you choosing every time a door is closed in your face and you feel worthless? What are you choosing? Because it's your choice. Jesus did everything he had to do already. He has conquered the healing of your image, are you taking on that healing? Are you walking, believing that that healing is available to you every day of your life from today to the day you die? It's your choice. Stop choosing the lies of the enemy. Stop looking at yourself the way the enemy looks at you or wants you to look at yourself like, and start believing what God says of you. What does God say of you? How do you identify? Is the way you look at yourself, is the way God looks at you, or the way the enemy wants you to believe about yourself? In Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. When God looks at you, he sees a plan that is good. He sees someone that he can use to bless this world. When he looks at you, he sees someone that he loves dearly. Someone that is part of his family. Someone that is accepted. His child. By the way, not everybody's God's children. You need to understand that. Not everybody is God's children. Everybody, we are all creation of God. But the Bible says to those who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to be children of God. So who are the children of God? Those who believe in him and who accepted who? Jesus. Have you done those two things? So you're a child of God. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Because some of you are walking like you don't believe it. Some of you continue to speak about yourself like you don't believe it. It's your choice. Choose life. Choose the truth of God. Stop the stupidity of throwing pity parties about yourself. Playing the victim, you are no victim. You are the child of the most high God. Are you kidding me when you look at yourself like, oh, poor me, I'm the victim of my circumstances, and look at what my parents did. Come on. Stop playing the game of the devil. Because God did not create you like a victim. You are more than conquering Christ. When God looks at you, he has given you already everything you need to conquer every area of your life. Stop living in slavery. 
Lord, I invite you to stand up. And in the book, you're going to be able to read a lot more, go deeper into this subject. And I was supposed to cover today the last chapter, which is the shedding of the side of Jesus. And I want all the leaders, cell group leaders, please raise your hand. Next Thursday, not tomorrow, but the following Thursday, because you have the book, right? You are going to give to your cell groups, and you're going to minister to them what Jesus conquered when he shed his blood from his side. Okay? But tonight, I want to give you that opportunity to choose. Choose being a victim or choose to be more than a conqueror. Choose to be a son of the devil or choose to be a son of God, a daughter of God. Choose to live in slavery or choose to live in freedom. But choose. It's your choice. Nobody can make you as much as I wish I could make you. And sometimes I wish to be able to kick your butt and get you walking. I cannot do that. I will go to jail. I, sometimes, I really, seriously, I'm going to open my heart. Sometimes I really, 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 really want to be spiritually abusive to you. It's your choice. God gave you that choice. Because he, he wants you to freely choose Him. He has laid all the cards. He has put the cards on the table. And He's telling you, my daughter, my son, choose me. Choose the life I give you. Choose the acceptance I give you. Choose my image and choose my likeness. I can make you like me, but you need to want it. I know some of you tonight need to be set free because you like the sin you're committing. You enjoy it. You enjoy being a madman. You enjoy people being afraid of you and your answers. You enjoy being crying in your room late at night and feeling like the victim. You enjoy the sin you've, you've been committed. And if you still enjoy it, you have not understood anything God did for you. God did not create you for you to enjoy sin because sin will kill you. From the inside out will plainly kill you. But Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance. Choose life. Choose Jesus. Choose. Choose. Make that choice today. For God's sake, make that choice today to see yourself the way God sees you. Make that choice to respond to His calling. Make the choice to... Reject what the enemy has been lying to you for so many years and say, it's enough. It's enough. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And you're going to repeat a simple prayer after me. But if you believe in the power of this prayer, if you do it with all your heart, tonight you are going to be set free from that rotten image you've been having about yourself. 
If you pray this prayer with all your heart, tonight a special protection over your life will come. A faith in what God says you are will come tonight. You need to pray this prayer with faith. And not just today, but tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow, and the day after the day of tomorrow. Every day, you have to apply the blood of Jesus. Not because it's, it doesn't have power, but because the enemy will continue to attack you. So every time the enemy attacks you, you apply the blood of Jesus and you tell him, no, this is not your house. You cannot destroy in this house. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit and I'm protected by the blood of Jesus. And you're going to say after me, Lord, today I apply the blood that was shed from your face. And I give you thanks because that blood removes all fear, confusion, shame, and humiliation from my life. Thank you for being my creator, my protector, my redeemer, and the God of the whole earth. Just one drop of your blood. Say it with me again. Just one drop of your blood sets me free from abandonment, sadness, and rejection. Thank you, because you will always be with me. Thank you for your mercy and compassion and for removing all rejection from my life. Thank you because my descendants and disciples will be guided and taught by you. Thank you because you protect me from all oppression and because no weapon formed against me will prevail. And I want to invite you to lift up your hands. right now breaking the chains cry out to Jesus cry out to Jesus ask him 
I ask Him, heal my heart, Jesus. Heal my image, Jesus. Heal me, Jesus. Heal the concept of myself, Jesus. I felt rejected for so long that I don't even know what it feels to not be rejected. Open up to Jesus and tell Him what's in your heart. What has damaged your image? What has damaged the, the, the concept you have about yourself? Expose it today. Expose the wounds today. Expose the failures that have made you feel unable. Expose right now everything that is inside of you that has ruined the way you see yourself. That has not given you the right image. That has not given you the right concept of yourself. That makes you think less of yourself. That makes you compare yourself with everybody and anybody. Some of you have been struggling with sexual orientation issues because you have believed the lies of the enemy and you have not believed that God made you a man and God made you a woman and you have been exploring other options or you have you did it in the past and today God closes that door and he tells you I made you who I wanted you to be I did not make a mistake you are who I wanted you to be, and I love you. Maybe you need to repent right now because you have put yourself down over and over again. You have spoken words against yourself and against your creator, therefore. You have said things that has gone against what God says. And you need to repent today. Come on, church, repent today before God and say, God, I said things against you. I said things that go against what you say about me. And I'm so sorry for that. I have accepted a personality. I have accepted a character that goes against who you are. I've been angry. I've been sad. I've been depressed. I've been lazy. I've been things. My character is like things that you are not and you don't want me to be. And I ask you for forgiveness today. One drop of your blood can heal my heart. And you're gonna lift up your hands one more time. Please don't get tired, not in this special moment. And you're gonna look at the cross. You're gonna imagine you're in front of the cross. You're gonna visualize the cross in front of me. And you are with all those people that were crucifying Jesus. Jesus, you cannot even recognize who he is. But one drop of his blood, the blood that he shed from his face, has the power to redeem your image and your likeness. Cry out tonight and say, Jesus, just one drop. Just one drop is enough to change my nature. 
Just one drop of your blood is enough to change my image. Just one drop of your blood is enough to change the way I think about myself. Just one drop, please, Jesus. Please, Jesus, I ask you with all my heart, I cry out before you, just one drop has the power to change the way I see myself. Please apply your blood. Please apply your blood over my life. Please apply your blood over my image. In the name of Jesus, I ask you. And God is doing a miracle right now. And that blood that was shed 2,000 years ago is as effective today as it was back then. And today, your life, your DNA is changing. Your character is changing. Your image is changing. It's being redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I confess right now. Say with me. I confess right now what the Word of God says that the blood of Jesus does for me. In the name of Jesus. I apply the blood that Jesus shed from his face and I apply that precious blood over my image and over my character and I declare one drop of his blood is enough to change years of twisted images. In the name of Jesus, I go against Come on, fight your war. I go against what the enemy has said that I am. I reject that image. I reject, in the name of Jesus, the lies of the enemy. And I declare, today, I start walking on the promises of God. And I choose to believe what God says about me. In the name of Jesus, I ask you for your help, Holy Spirit. I need you to help me. Renew my mind. Renew my image. Because you have the power to do it. Thank you so much, Jesus. Start worshiping Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me to conquer. Thank you, Jesus, for helping every person in this place to conquer. In the name of Jesus, I declare that the rotten self-esteem is going away. In the name of Jesus, I declare there's powerful women and men of God in this place. Women and men that start walking in their purpose like children of God. In the name of Jesus, I declare that low self-esteem goes away. I declare that the image of God is imprinted in each one of their images. In the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, God. Thank you, Lord. I bless their lives, Lord, and I ask you, remind them. Holy Spirit, remind them of what you are speaking to them tonight, that tomorrow they might be reminded, that the next week they might be reminded, that their prayers, that they are lifting up today before you. Use them to go against the enemy in the name of Jesus. Protect them on their way home and teach them, teach us how to walk on your words. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen.